Welcome to our Rock City Church podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Our desire is that you would listen with expectancy for what God wants to do in your life. We pray that you would encounter the mighty love of the Father and that you would be fired up for the more that He has for you. Amen. God bless. Hallelujah. Okay, we're going to get right into it this morning. And uh, I'm going to just kind of give you a, a snapshot. There'll be a little more in the second service, so you can go online and watch that if you uh, want to get the full message of what we're going to share. But uh, we had an intriguing conversation come up yesterday as some leaders were sitting around talking and about multicultural things in the church. And uh, I was talking about, I said, yeah, I did a message years ago called Jews, Greeks, and Barbarians. And it sparked a conversation that just went, whew, off the chain. And everybody's like, man, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so I'm going to just share a little bit about that this morning. And uh, this really focuses around the love of God, bottom line. Okay, let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to read from the Amplified Version this morning on this verse. If then, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up, I, I, I'm a context preacher. Typically when I preach, I will not enter half a verse, so to speak. I want the full context so I never misrepresent the message that either the Apostle Paul or Peter or whoever was writing. I want the full context of what they say because that's how we get into doctrinal error is when we proof text and we don't keep things in context. So I'm okay because I, what I do is I look at what I'm going to share and then I go above it and below it a chapter or two and say, now I'm not breaking context to do this, you know. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, okay, jump to the moon. That's out of context, right? You can't jump to the moon, right? Unless you're in one of Elon Musk's rockets or something, right? It's not going to happen. So we're in context this morning. So I'm going to pick up in the middle of this thought of Paul's. He says, if then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So the question is, if then you have been raised. How many people in here have been born again? Lift your hand. Okay, that's probably just most of you. Almost all of you have been born again. So the question is, if you have been raised, if you have been born again, your seeking changes. Your life changes. Your focus changes. Your motives change. Everything changes to that which is above, right? That which is above. And he says, set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things of the earth. Whenever you've been born again, but the domination or the predominant focus of your life is the earth, then you're not walking as though you've been raised. Amen? And we have a term for that. The Bible has a term for that. Carnal Christian carnal Christian. In other words, you're, you are claiming Christ, 
but your mind still belongs to the earth. Because there's a regeneration process that begins in your spirit, goes to your mind, first of the heart. Peter said, repent, the heart. We talked about that the other night or the other day in, a, in one of our leader meetings. Repent, that's the heart. Be converted, that's the mind. Repent, be converted. And then Peter says next in Acts 3.19, then your sins will be washed away. Why? Because once your mind is converted on the things that are above, you're no longer sinning on the things of the earth. You're in a state now. And so the, the, the next step in that is it says your sins will be washed away. So what's that? That's your conscience. So now you're walking in a renewed heart, a renewed mind, and a clean conscience. So therefore, as it says in Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation to them who be in Christ Jesus. But like some writers that put dot, dot, dot after that, that's not a dot, dot, dot scripture. That's out of context. What it says is, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. In other words, my mind is set on those things that are above. So when Christ, who is our life, appears, well, let me, verse three, I skipped there. For as far as this world is concerned, you've died and your new life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in the splendor of his glory. So kill, deaden, deprive of power. The evil desire lurking in your members, those animal impulses, and all that is earthly, that is employed in sin. Now, I have a little thing I do in my self-talk. How I many of y'all know you talk to yourself more than anybody else? That don't make you crazy. When I was a kid, they used to say, if you talk to yourself, you're not crazy. But if you answer yourself, you're crazy. No, no, no. Self-talk is what we do more than anything else, right? And in my self-talk, whenever I have an animal impulse come up, I have this little thing I do inside me. And it's a loud voice. And I say, kill the beast. That's what I do in my self-talk. So I'm screaming at myself all day long. Somebody comes up and offends me. And I want to lay hands on them suddenly. Like your pastor. Let me fight him first. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so somebody offends me. Somebody I want to Venge, you know, I, I want to revenge. <laughs> Somebody hurts me, I say, oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah? You wait till you see what you got coming to you, big boy, you know? Kill the beast! <laughs> it's like I taser myself. <laughs> you know? Right? Kill the beast! Somebody yell that with me. Kill the beast! Come on, yell it. Because there's a beast that lives in you. And the scripture says, while well, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So we're walking in this dichotomy. We're walking in this life where we're split. Because the Bible says, while I, while I want to do good, evil is present with me. So I got to kill the beast. Now, we're going to make this relevant to your walk in the love walk of the church here in just a second. So it goes on to say, kill, dead, and deprive of power the evil lurking in you. 
those animal impulses, the dog, the hog, the wolf, the goat, the snake, the viper. Amen? It's all there. We got to kill it. Sexual vice. He says everything that's employed is sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires. Sensual appetites. You know what that is? Bacon! Never add bacon. Okay, moving right along. That's a sensual appetite right there. Okay, verse 6. So it is a count on these very things that the holy anger of God. Uh, okay. You want, you, you want to go? Here we go. What did God do to the pigs? Dead in the sea, right? Never mind. <laughs> that was the first hall gross right there. Amen. But anyway, on, these, on account of these very sins, the holy anger of God is ever coming upon the sons of disobedience. Those who live obstinately opposed the divine will among whom you also walked when you were living and addicted to such practices. Now rid yourselves completely of all these anger, rage, bad feeling toward others. Oh, snap. Why are you sitting there? Because she is over there. Why are you sitting on this side of the church? Because he is on that side of the church. Come on. Bad feeling towards others. I don't really like you. Come on. Now put away these practices among whom you also walked when you were living in addicted to these things, right? Put away, rid yourselves completely of anger, rage, bad feeling towards other curses, slander, foul-mouthed abuse, abuse and shameful utterances from your lips. Say, God listens to how I talk and coarse language shouldn't be in my mouth. Oh, I'm just reading the Bible. Do not lie to one another. Man, it's so easy to lie, especially when you're caught. Lying preachers. You know how many lying preachers there are? Do not lie to one another. You've stripped off the old unregenerate self with the evil practices, verse 10. And you've clothed yourselves with a new spiritual self, which is ever in process of being renewed and remodeled into a fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image and the likeness of him who created it. Michael Heisler has been uh, very effective in bringing the church to an awareness of the unseen realm in the last few years. His, his writings and his teachings are becoming very predominant in the body, and I'm praising God for it because it's awesome. But he brings out a fact about the image. And he said, when, when it says in Genesis, we were made in his image and likeness in the Hebrew, it literally means we become imagers, which means this. The Bible says that Jesus was the embodiment of the Father. He was God made flesh. Guess what you are supposed to be in the new creation who was raised? An imager. An imager, the word imager in the Hebrew, it literally means to take something that is invisible and make it visible to the natural realm. So they can't see God 
they can only see you, so you better look like God. That's an imager. That's an imager. And this is how we look like God is by putting on this new life and putting off the old man or the old woman, the beast. This is how we do it. And then it goes on to say in um, this new creation, in this new creation, all distinctions vanish, whether there be no room and there can neither be. Everybody say, there's no room and there can't be. In this church, there is no room and there cannot be. Can't be what? Greek or Jew? Circumcised or uncircumcised? There's no difference between nations. Whether alien, barbarians, Scythians, those are the most savage of all. In our culture, that would be rednecks. <laughs> Hillbillies. See, in West Virginia, we don't have gangs. We have the Hatfields and McCoys. We had a lady in our church. We have a guy in our church who just joined in the last several weeks, and he came to me and he started telling me his testimony. He's got a he's got a business called Mountain Mama Armory, Mountain Mama Armory, and the great folks. He's selling like two million rounds of ammunition a month to the military. The guy makes the most beautiful bullets you ever seen. And I said, I don't have any nine mils. And he said, Pastor, I'll hook you up. Yes, I will introduce you. You will be coming home with ammunition. Well, he brought me this ammo. It's got scriptures on it and everything. He brings me these bullets. I ain't never seen bullets like this. These things look like a work of art. I'm serious. They're polished brass. And he come to me a couple weeks. He said, did you shoot them? I said, I don't want to shoot them. I just want to set them on the shelf and look at them. They're too pretty to shoot. But his wife comes to me and we're talking and she's giving me her testimony. She said, Pastor Dave, you don't understand. You know, this one holler in West Virginia, we have hollers. You guys have neighborhoods. We have hollers. Okay. I live in a holler. And uh, she said, when you go into my holler, if you ever go there, all you have to do is say my name and nobody will mess with you. You know, you will, she said, you got to understand, we're like holler dominant. You go into that holler and you just say, you know me and no one will ever bother you. She said, and then she started giving me her, her hillbilly crime history. Her uncle who was this is in prison for this and her aunt here killed him. And, you know, I mean, it's just crazy. She said, so you just use my name anytime you go in there, you know. But... There can be no longer Greek or Jew. No difference between nations. You know, we look at this church and this is a representation of the kingdom of God. This is like the melting pot. This is Christ for all nations right here. And our church is the same way based on our population demographic. I love that. I've always loved that. I've always loved that. And so when we look at people... We can look at races, but really races aren't any different. It's culture that's different. The only difference between black, white, Hispanic, Asian. I'm married to a South Korean. When I met her, she didn't speak a word of English. I didn't speak a word of Korean. I'm in South Korea. We get married. 95% of Korean or Amerasian marriages fail within five years because the cultures are so different. 
I didn't mind she was a little more yellow. And she didn't mind I was a little more white. But man, her food. Son, we have two refrigerators in my house. We have a Korean refrigerator and we have an American refrigerator. Why? Because when she puts her Korean food in my American refrigerator, my ice turns yellow. I'm not joking. How many of y'all have ever eaten kimchi? Now, I eat kimchi every day now, but in our earlier mess marriage, I didn't like kimchi. You open the refrigerator and you baptize the house. <laughs> and if the windows are open, the neighborhood. Right? She has some food. Turnip kimchi? Son. Because of COVID, I've been blessed. I haven't tasted or smelled since February, but... That kind of helps sometimes. If someone farts, I'm immune. If, if my wife opens the refrigerator, I'm immune. You can sit by me at church and fart, and I'll just look at you like nothing happened because I can't smell nothing. And if I fart, I didn't know it. I will turn around and say, it wasn't me. I don't smell nothing. Anyway. <laughs> so, everywhere... And to all men, we are to be without distinction or person. Now, what I want to bring out with this in the next few minutes is this. Jews, Greeks, and barbarians. These are not just three ethnic groups or three countries or areas or regions or continents. These are cultures. Cultures. And this translates up through, and we can see this again in several other scriptures, which we don't have time to get to right now. But through the scriptures, we see Jews, Greeks, and barbarians. And then he goes on to say what these people have a tendency toward. In uh, 1 Corinthians 1.22, it says, Jews request a sign, Greeks seek after wisdom. And I just put as a little sub note in my Bible, barbarians like to fight. They like to fight. I love barbarians in the church. Rednecks. Cowboys. Amen. I love barbarians. Why? Because barbarians, there's a, there's a book that I always recommend people read. If you're having problems with some people in the church, they're a little more rougher than other folks. I said, read the barbarian way. And you'll find out God uses the barbarians for battle. We have a few barbarians in our church, and they know who they are because we've taught this stuff, and they are identified. And one of them always tells me, he says, well, you know, Pastor, with me and Chris and this other guy and this other guy, we wear a label in the church that says, in case of emergency, break glass. <laughs> yes. And I'm telling you, these guys excel in emergencies. When there's a crisis, they're the ones that will stay up all night. They're the ones that will give everything they got. They're the ones that will die fighting to protect the house of God. They're barbarians. They're warriors. Amen. And we've got women by barbarians, warrior princesses. Amen. We got people that are just flat. They're just flat, brutal. And God made them to fight, you know? God made them to fight, and they're rough, and they're gruff, and they're tough, and, and, and they come off the streets. And here is Mr. Jew, the religious guy. 
As Kevin said, he came from Belly Button Baptist Church. I would never say that. Kevin says that. <laughs> they come from Belly Button Baptist Church. They come from the Catholic Mass. They come from the Presbyterian Church. And they request a sign. I don't believe that stuff's real. Prove it. Prove it. I don't believe that stuff's real. I'll have to see it to believe it. We have the Downing Thomases, the religious Jews. We have the people that come in. And then we have the Greeks, the intellectuals. I was trying to get a young man baptized in the Holy Ghost the other night. Hearing this young man come, he says, I'm trying, Pastor Dave, but I just can't get out of my head. That's the Greeks. Greeks, it says, they want knowledge or wisdom. But barbarians, they're just like, ain't devils? <laughs> they come to church. Oh, you need a prophetic word. No, I don't. Oh, yeah, you do. Sit down. Shut up. Listen to me. Come out. Yeah. That's the barbarians. Right? Come on. And we have them in the church. And it's not wrong. It's like personalities. I had to learn to love my wife after I married her, when I figured out she was nothing like me. Because we got married. We're polar opposite personalities. I'm a sanguine cleric. She's a melancholy phlegmatic. And I'll never forget, man, when I first met her, I'm like, you complete me. <laughs> and after about a year, I'm like, you ain't nothing like me. What the heck did I marry you for? Crazy woman? No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. I didn't do that. I said, you complete me, you know? Everything I'm not, you are. And then after a year, it's like, you're nothing I am. And so I had to die to live with her. <laughs> and she had to die to live with me. She's an introvert. I'm an expert. I love crowds. She likes her, her for, and no more. You know? I like spontaneous things. She hates spontaneous things. I'm like, let's go on vacation. She goes, okay, when? I said, tomorrow. She says, we can't do that. Why? Well, this, this, this. I said, you are such a party pooper. Yes, yes. Come on, brother. Talk to me. You need to get over it. I'm just kidding. What's the matter with you, Amber? I'm going to take you to the sanguine school of spontaneity where excitement reigns. Come on, somebody. Right? So I had to learn to love her, and I had to learn to celebrate our differences. And when I first got saved, I come out of a very difficult, rough, evil, nasty life. And so I'm trying to learn to function with people I don't like. I'm about to tell you. Thank you for asking. Come back next week and we'll tell you how. Right? <laughs> so, I'm like, how are we going to do this? How am I going to love these people? I'm in church and I don't like half the people there. But I'm reading these scriptures. There can be no distinction. You got to love everybody. And I'm like, love them. I don't even like them. Right? Come on. You know what I'm saying? So I start crying out to God. Now this is where, this is the action part. I start crying out to God. And for months, I recognized, because God's calling me 
to the church to be a leader, but I can't lead people I don't like. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I can't deal with people I can't deal with. So I start crying out to God. Don't think you can do what I'm about to tell you on your own. You can't. It requires a supernatural event, which is one of the baptisms that I've learned and I got. Because when I found out I couldn't love like he loves, I began to cry out for the baptism of love. And as I cried out, this went on for months. And I'm up here in Fort Worth, Texas in Calvary Cathedral, Pastor Bob Nichols Church. And I am on the front row every service. I'm, the, I'm his, one of his uh, liaison minister aid type deals. And I'm, I'm like, I'm crying out. I'm praying. I'm saying, God, I know I got to love these people. Help me. Help me. I can't do this. And so one, we were having a conference like we have this week. And there was a guy who was the speaker of the conference. His name was Kenneth Hagin. And uh, Kenneth Hagin was preaching one night. And I'm sitting on the front row. And he's walking along, you know, like he always did. You know, well, bless God, back in McKinney, Texas, 1942, Tuesday at 3 p.m., the Lord appeared to me and said unto me, you know, he had his way. He was an incredible guy. And he's just preaching. And all of a sudden, I feel like two hands go over my ears and there's no sound. And then I hear a shower. And it's like I'm out in the woods and there's a rain shower coming through the trees, dripping through the leaves or the, the branches onto the leaves on the ground. And I can hear this rain shower. I hear it. It's clear. And all of a sudden, I feel just a, just like a big old drop of water hit me right on top of the head. And I whirled around to the person behind me and they're looking at me like, what are you looking at? You know, and I'm like, oh, one yum. <laughs> and I, I sit there and as this drop hit my head, it started running like honey over my head in all directions. It started coming over my face. And as it covered my eyes, everybody changed. And I'm sitting there now realizing I'm in a spiritual experience. And I hear the Holy Ghost say to me in words as clear and as loud as I'm speaking to you right now. There's some of that love you've been asking for. Guys, as this, I, I, I still get every hair stands up when I go back to that experience because God baptized me in his love. And I walked during that message. I'm just sitting there and I'm looking around the, the, the auditorium. There's probably 2,000 people there. And I'm like, I just love you all. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. God put this thing inside me. And after the service, I just start going up and hugging everybody. I love you. 
and I'll never forget, there's a lady, and me and her did street witnessing, and we used to go to the parks and the concerts. Her name was Linda Johnson. And Linda was standing by the door. And I walked up to her and I went. And I kissed her on the cheek. And I'm like, what did I just do? <laughs> and then I heard the Holy Ghost say, greet one another with a holy kiss. And I'm like, I just kissed a woman in church. <laughs> but believe me, there was nothing there except the pure unadulterated divine love of God and I've got to tell you since that day I have an ability that Christ lives in me to love everybody to love all men I don't look at anybody anymore like I used to personalities I so celebrate personality differences, cultural differences. I eat kimchi now. <laughs> Every day. My wife is so funny. If you ever come to my house and you want to make my wife smile, just eat her food. Oh, man. You're about to. That's right. I mean, when you eat her food, she just smiles, you know? And, and because, you know... She's, she's the only Korean in our church. And so when someone celebrates her culture, I'm in Parkersburg, West Virginia. She, there's like four Koreans in our county, right? Hillbillies, right? Amen. And so it is so awesome to know that it's not dependent on you, okay? It's not dependent on you. It's dependent on Christ in you. But here's the key. I had to go after it. See, people have this attitude in church. Well, if God wants me to have it, he'll just give it to me. What Bible have you been reading? Not the one I read. Because the one I read says you have not because you ask not. And then you ask and don't receive because your motives are wrong is the inference of that message so he says he says ask and in the greek keep asking until you receive knock and keep knocking until the door is open seek and keep seeking until you find so i'm going to tell you the activation part of this message this is a seed that i'm sowing this morning because if you don't take this message and actually go after this baptism of love that will bring the divisive walls down in your congregation, between your homes, your families, between black and white, Hispanic and Asian and European and Middle Eastern, whatever. These things make everybody the way the Bible says, born of one blood. And this takes personality and breaks it down to, man, he is a sanguine. Wow. Wow, he's a barbarian, but he's got a heart. In case of emergency, break glass. Amen. I've learned with barbarians, there's certain jobs you don't put a barbarian in charge of. Kevin came to my church the first time, and I said, uh, what would you think, Doc? And he said, I wouldn't bring my family here. 
And I said, why? And he said, dude, you got Conan the Barbarian as your door greeter. I'll never forget it. He said, the dude's a caveman with clothes on. Man, what do you got him at your door for? That's what he said. I'm like, excuse me? He said, Chisholm, man, what are you doing? Well, needless to say, we took Conan and we put him in a different position. Amen. We put him with the recovery group. Right, right, yeah. We put him witnessing to the biker gang down the street, right? Come on. Because we figured out we had a barbarian in the wrong position. Amen. But I would sit there and everybody would get mad at the barbarian. I'd say, but he's got a good heart. And he did. But he was in the wrong position, right? And so we are so diverse But God loves our diversity. And if we don't, we're not like him. And that can't stay. Because either you will become like him and you will be an imager of God or God will drive you out if you keep wounding his people. And he'll call you wicked and evil. Even though you believe in him. You refuse to conform. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you want to partner with us in what God is doing here at Rock City, you can give by visiting our website at rockcitycorpus.com slash give.